Welcome to Tax Breaks, the Moody's Tax Podcast, where you find informed discussions, lively debate, and sometimes a little lighthearted fun around tax issues in Canada, the United States, and around the world. Good day. My name is Kim Moody. I'm the CEO of Moody's Private Client, Moody's Tax, and I'm here with my colleagues, Sim Hirji. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Nothing like a prompt. And my super duper intelligent uh, colleague, Kenneth Kung. Hello, everyone. So today is, uh, what day is it? July the 20th, and 2021. And kind of an extraordinary 24 hours we've had. And we thought we'd do this follow up because the last time we were around this table doing a podcast, we were talking about the. Um, Bill C-208, which is the intergenerational uh, bill, private member's bill that got passed and received royal assent on June the 28th. And then we had this crazy press release issued by the Department of Finance on June the 30th. And we talked about uh, that press release in the podcast and, you know, our thoughts on it. And frankly, my personal thoughts, I shared on my personal LinkedIn account, which I think were, I think it was a horrible, horrible example by the government of how to confuse the public and confuse the, the community on when a bill is is effective law. And so I think, you know, ever since June 30th and ever since our podcast, and, you know, there's been more and more cries for, uh, for, for uh, clarity. Like, okay, Department of Finance, are you telling me you're not going to respect this law? Are you, gonna, are you telling us that you're going to retroactively gut this law and there's been no shortage of criticism by newspaper article or newspaper article authors and and uh, other tax uh, practitioners and then yesterday guys we had a another press release surprisingly not uh, you know less than 24 hours in advance of the kind of an extraordinary House of Commons Finance Committee meeting that was called even while the House is in recess. And it was called back to hear uh, from various witnesses from the Department of Finance on what did they mean by this June 30th press release? Are you telling us that you're going to retroactively legislate? Are you telling us that Parliament is not supreme? Like, let's get some clarity here. Uh, be, um, and so we have this June or sorry, try that again, July 19, 2021 press release that came out yesterday. And lo and behold, <laughs> it, it, it basically says that, yes, Bill C-208 is law and that they will introduce some amendments, but those amendments are um, going to shut down some loopholes, which they talk about what they think those loopholes are, which I think for the most part is probably right. And uh, they made it clear that those amendments need to be passed by Parliament, of course, and they're going to consult uh, with the public you know, on these proposed amendments. And the amendments will not become effective until the later of when the bill gets passed uh, or November, th uh, November 1st, 2021. So some nice, you know, nice clarity, I guess. But let me read the first paragraph, which kind of drives me crazy when I read this. And... And Asim, you're the only lawyer in the room here. I'm not a lawyer, as you know, and Kenneth is not a lawyer. But So it says, uh, Today, the Honorable Christopher Freeland, Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Finance, affirmed that Bill C-208 has been passed by Parliament, received royal assent, 
and has become a part of Canada's Income Tax uh, Act. The changes contained in this legislation now apply in law. You know what? That kind of drives me crazy. But I guess the government kind of forced themselves into this situation with that kind of affirmation kind of statement. But the fact that the Minister of Finance has to come out and affirm that a bill that got passed by Parliament is actually effective law. I mean, I, I've been around for 53 years now. In all my professional life, I, I don't recall ever seeing some sort of affirmation statement by a Minister of Finance. Comments, guys? Yeah, I mean, in our first podcast, we we made it quite clear that we thought the bill was law right away because that's how the law works. If there's no date specified, it's on the day of royal set. Right. And the, the finance release confused everybody because it seemed like they were trying to ignore the Interpretation Act, which is another piece of law. So it, it led to massive confusion. And I, I still... I, I hate the language they're using where a minister has to affirm a bill as law because the bill was law. There, there was no debate about it. it. It was just quite clear there was going to be an attempt to pass retroactive legislation. Yeah, I agree. Kenneth, any comments before we move on on this, sir? Well, this in my career, this is the first time a tax legislation has been passed by has been sponsored by someone other than the Department of Finance. So... So I guess it's it's the first time they had to they had to oppose a tax 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 legislation. I guess. Well, I'm 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 not sure you're 100 percent correct on that. We'd have to do a little bit of research, but I don't think it's the first time that a private member's bill has amended the Income Tax Act. In my uh, short 20 year career, <laughs> at least yeah. this substantially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. At least this substantially and foundationally. Yes, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Uh, but. So, I don't know, the affirmation statement to me is shocking, um, but and I guess they back themselves into a bit of a corner. And typically when they want to make a change, they'll say, here's some draft legislation we intend to introduce, which will be effective the day we release the draft legislation. But on Bill C-208, they have no draft legislation to propose to, right. to address the, the loopholes, as finance calls it. Yeah, the, the bill presents. Well, that's a good segue into the next part of the press release. They they talk about, you know, that the bill may inadvertently permit surplus stripping. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you guys have heard me lecture on what surplus stripping is. And I think even our original podcast, we talked about it. You know, there's from an accounting perspective, at least anyhow, not a legal perspective, but an accounting perspective, there's only one way you can take after-tax money and return it to its shareholders. And that's by way of dividends. That's accounting 101. So you would expect the Income Tax Act would somewhat mirror that foundational basic accounting principle, but it does not. And there are easy ways to side-skirt that, uh, that basic principle, which ultimately is referred to generally as surplus stripping because you're stripping after-tax retained earnings of a corporation and returning it to its shareholders in a form other than taxable dividends. And in most cases, it's capital gains. Um, or in a, you know, in a best-case scenario, tax-free. So I think, should the Department of Finance and should the average Canadian be concerned about surplus stripping? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a, a decent policy thing to, uh, to be concerned about. Um, but, you know, do we... 
um, you know, is this the form by way of press release to to generate uh, concerns about surplus stripping? Comments? And, and to try to override Parliament. Well, that's the bigger concern, in my view, is the, to override Parliament. What are some... Uh, uh, Maybe I'll just pause on that because I think I've, you know, I think I've kind of laid out the case. The, 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 the government should be concerned about surplus stripping. And in particular, Bill C-208, I think I agree with the Department of Finance. It, it can encourage surplus stripping. And, you know, they did come up with an illustrative list on some of the issues on what they're concerned about. Do you guys want to maybe quickly talk about the, the four points that they raised there? Mm-hmm. Kenneth. Sure, yeah. The four, I'll just go over the four points they raised, and we're going to talk more about each one. Sure. Is that, so below is an illustrative list of the issues the amendments to Bill C-208 address, or will address, I guess. The requirement to transfer legal and factual control of the corporation carrying on the business from the parent to the child or grandchild. Two, the level of ownership in the corporation carrying on the business that the parent can maintain for a reasonable amount of time after the transfer. Three, the requirements and timeline for the parent to transition their involvement in the business to the next generation. Four, the level of involvement of the child or grandchild in the business after the transfer. So I guess the context behind these four is is right now in Bill C-208, the um, the key requirement there was simply that the purchasing company must be controlled by the child or grandchild, who is an adult, um, of the of the business owner at or the farm owner at the time, and and that that's it. So now by being silent on what control means, by default, that usually means we're looking at legal judiciary control. So all that is required is to make sure the purchasing company is legally on paper, 50%, more than 50% votes being held by the adult child or grandchild. And you don't actually have to pass the factual control to the next generation. And as the same was emphasizing, it was just at an at the time test. So there's nothing preventing um, the, the family from taking the control back from uh, the next generation even the next day after uh, the sale. So, so these kind of require, these, this, kind of, this list here is kind of um, what finance things represent a legitimate business succession so that you can take advantage of this new rule. And, and that's probably, and that is, and that is why it, it took finance so long. Other than they probably, they did other priorities took over, but it is, it is hard to try to legislate what is a legitimate business transfer. Absolutely, and we talked about this in our last podcast. What is a genuine internet or intergenerational transfer, and how do you write that into law? Mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to do when every single case could be different. So to narrow it down to you know control, I think is too simple. Yeah, and a transfer, an intergenerational transfer often is over a period of time, right? And not an right. immediate, I'm running it, you're running it. Right. That That's not a successful transfer of business, right? No. So that that's the other difficulties posed here is it's not just black and white of I once 
had the business and now my my son has the business. It's, right. It's a phase in period over time, which this bill is, is is very hard to contemplate from a legislative perspective. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sympathetic to the Department of Finance on how they do that and and why they consulted with the public previously. As we said in our previous podcast, you know, I'm not sympathetic to the period of time it's taken to get here. Yes, there's been other priorities, but this issue's been around for a long, long time. Uh, and then secondly, certainly not very sympathetic uh, to what happened in the last couple of weeks here. I mean, that June 29th press release was horrible, in my view. And somebody, in my view, um, needs to atone for this because to suggest that you can retroactively gut a law uh, that got passed by Parliament, I think, goes to the very foundation of how bills are passed in, in, in our Parliament. So, And it's not just to gut the law, it's to gut the law before it really takes effect. Right. It's the day the day or the day after it's passed, they gut it. Yeah. Not, over, not after three months, not after six months, but immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward to... Uh, earlier today, we had the House of Commons Finance Committee appearance, uh, appearances and um, Department of Finance represented by their officials and answering a number of questions by parliamentarians. You, admittedly, we didn't watch all of it, and we'll probably watch some when we eat popcorn tonight and you know drink our wine and in, in, <laughs> enjoy some downtime, but at least I will. Uh, <laughs> it is entertaining. <laughs> it's, but you know, it was pretty clear from what we did watch that uh, you know finance was was sticking to their to their lines that hey, this is valid law, it's valid law, and until it's amended, it you know it's not amended. And you know, some of the parliamentarians really wanted to know who um, you know came up with a confusing press release, and you know, finance stuck to their guns and didn't didn't release an answer, but I think the bigger issue now, getting off that, you know, I don't think there was any aha moments in the in the material that we watched today, but I think the bigger question is what now? You know, do we go ahead and advise our clients to surplus strip? Um, maybe we'll go around the table here. I'll start with you, Asim. What- yeah, so I think the biggest risk is the general anti-avoidance rule. Finance has made it quite clear on what that they have a problem with this bill and yeah. that they see the they pointed out the issues they have with it which means can they can they go after it on the general anti-avoidance rule they can't go after it on a technical level because the law is the law so it's it's whether or not they will go after taxpayers who use this bill in a way that defeats or walks right through the loopholes they indicate yeah that's, that's the biggest risk there. If you have a, a, a client with a legitimate transfer, I don't think there's a debate that you can use, like this is the law, the Income yeah. Tax Act. If you have a fresh version of it, uh, it would have this amended legislation in it, which means that it's, it's when you're analyzing it, you have to analyze the, the law, Yeah, I which think- means this is valid. I think I'll add a caveat to that. I mean, if you have a legitimate transfer, I think is the word you use, legitimate. I'll add the phrase, I'll replace that with the phrase genuine, genuine. which finance is certainly latched onto. Correct. I, but at the end of the day, what is a genuine transfer? 
let's let's assume you were going to do it regardless of whether C two or eight was a valid law. Yeah, that's not a bad little test. Mm -hmm. Kenneth, what do you think? Yeah. So just carrying on what the same is saying. So what is a a genuine transfer? So a useful guideline would be the four things that that finance released in their press release on July nineteenth, which is factual con. If you want to follow it to a T, it would be making sure that the next generation have factual control of this business, making sure that the the um, the ownership, the growth, um, goes to the children, uh, and making sure that the the children remains in ownership, remains in control for um, for I guess a sixty month that was in indicated in Bill C two C two O eight. So um, now that would be the most conservative if you can follow all those for a genuine transfer. The interesting question is how far can you go to the other side, which is um, a complete, I guess, a completely artificial transfer just for the purpose of doing a strip. And and no, and, and I guess nobody knows because on, on one hand, um, as the Sim said, there is the general anti-avoidance rule, the GAR, which says if you misuse or abuse a provision of the act um, beyond a spirit, uh, abusing a spirit and purpose, then the CRA can recharacterize a tax result. But on the other hand, are you really misusing or abusing a tax provision when Parliament, bef the Senate, before they, before they passed the, the, the Bill CTO 8, Department of Finance went and testified regarding the so-called loopholes. And there was even an amendment being proposed in Senate to try to fix those so-called loopholes, and they refused to pass the amendments and decided, and Parliament decided to pass the Bill C-208 C as is, even though they have been warned about these so-called, again, loopholes. So how could one say that falling into the law and, and, and comply with the letter of the law, and even if you're in this so-called loophole, is, is against the spirit and purpose of the rule. And, and, and this one is quite interesting because finance, the Department of Finance has made their position quite clear on behalf of the government. But there were liberal MPs who voted yes for C-208. Right, 19 of them. And, right. and there had to be or there would be no majority. Right. Um, at least by by the amount there was. So really it's the government wants to amend this, but not the whole. Like there were 19 liberals that said this is... Which is, which is a substantial amount actually, right? So Exactly. And some of the committee members, the liberal committee members that we watched today, um, were two of them at the, uh, were, from what we could tell, were, were ones that voted previously, including the chair, Wayne Easter. So, so yeah. My two cents, guys, uh, I tend to agree with both your comments. Do I think it's open season on on uh, surplus stripping? No, one might argue that it is, right? Um, do I think our firm is, is going to take the position that it's open season? No, because I think if you do that, I, I think you invite trouble. Um, and, you know, I, I've seen some commentary from some practitioners that say, hey, if you go ahead and open season on surplus stripping, whether or not it's genuine or, or not genuine, you likely fall on CRA's shit list. Uh, I, I don't know about that per se, 
but do I think it invites trouble in some form or fashion? Yeah, it probably does. So I'm a little bit not on the open season. And, and what I think this might lead to is actually a quicker introduction of other legislation to combat surplus stripping as a whole. Right. And not just in the intergenerational context. Right. So let's be careful what we wish for in some cases, right? Um, but on the other hand, do I think that, you know, this is an, uh, an intriguing time to look at so-called genuine intergenerational transfers and and, and do, you know, so-called legitimate uh, surplus stripping? Yeah, I think so. You know, as you guys know, we have clients who are legitimately trying to transfer their business down to the next generation. Kenneth, you and I worked on a substantial client recently. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had the benefit of Bill C-208, um, we may have rethought some of those transactions, potentially. Yeah, and, and part of the problem was is the uncertainty that was created because a lot of people, I know clients that heard about C-208 going through Parliament, going through Senate, and started going, well, I want to do this. Now I can set my estate plan to start figuring this all out in July. Right. And then all of a sudden, you get it passed, two days later, it's shut down. Right. So I think in those cases, you're, especially if you're, like Kenneth said, you those four things finance outlined, if you're actually following that, then you very likely have the genuine transfer as finance would call it well i guess time will tell right when we see draft legislation into a bill and ultimately passed which i i hope that finance does stick to and and does it but i tend to roughly not roughly i tend to agree right if you fall by those principles mm-hmm. i'm hoping that we're we're fine so and keep keep in mind there also is a size limit to taking advantage of this rule so this exemption uh, start being grounded away if the taxable capital of the associated group exceeds $10 million. Correct. And this exemption completely goes away when your taxable capital of the group exceeds $15 million. Um, now, but in Bill C-208, the way they drafted the legislation, they, they actually completely screwed that up. And several commentators have said that that limits actually have no legal effect. And if and some even pointed out that the formula that they did this with actually means that the limit is like five hundred thirty million and not fifteen. <laughs> but okay, maybe if you are aggressive of the aggressive side of things, I guess you can try to argue that limit has no legal effect because apparently you can make that argument based on those wording. But it's pretty clear what what Parliament meant when they put in that ten to fifteen million dollar limit. So. Right. Challenge that at your own risk. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, guys. Well, I think that unless there's any other things to talk about this Sega, I think that's probably it for another day. I mean, like I said, July 20th, who would have thunk that we'd be dealing with some pretty interesting and almost historical tax information? It's been a a hell of a good summer for us, hasn't it? Reminds me of 2017 when when, uh, all of a sudden our summer holidays went to hell in a handbasket. But at least this one, I think, has a short attention span but any other final comments yeah i'm in our first podcast we we brought up the fact that we were surprised that no mp commented on the the news release right but there was a lot of attention brought to it so that that's a good thing because then totally the 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 committee brought it to their attention and quite honestly absent that special committee meeting today i doubt the department of finance would have released this amended news release I, I tend to somewhat agree. So I, I think that's it's a really good thing that happened because 
really the it's not a department's position to challenge parliament's bills and laws that they've passed or will exactly. right so kenneth last comment to you no i think i've said all i want you said all you want okay well thank you very much loyal listeners and uh hopefully um hopefully uh, we made this a little bit clear i mean certainly the saga of bill c208 is not over it will continue uh, but at least for now, we've got some clarity that the amendments will be prospective, not retroactive. And we have acknowledgement from the government that, yes, this is valid law, which, again, opening up our podcast today uh, is disappointing that we even have that affirmation. But entertaining nonetheless, and uh, we go on. So thanks very much. Bye now. Bye-bye.